Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. This week, we have another super amazing guest for you. We have New York Times best-selling author, Kyle Sees, who has a gift of merging comedy with personal transformation. As a comedian, Kyle had two number one Comedy Central specials and was voted as number one ranking on Comedy Central's stand-up showdown. After leaving his job as an award-winning comedian, Kyle dedicated his life to helping others and created Evolving Out Loud, which is a growing community with over 400,000 members worldwide. Kyle has personally coached over 15,000 people and his YouTube videos have been watched over 60 million times. Kyle has made over 100 TV and movie appearances, including Jimmy Kamel Live and The Late Late Show, and his speaking events regularly fill large venues across the United States. He has also spoken with renowned teachers like Edgar Tolle, Jim Carrey, Michael Beckwith, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, and many more as well as being a guest speaker at thousands of colleges, summits, and Fortune 500 conferences. Kyle, continuously inspired by his daughter, if putting it simply would say, he is ever evolving out loud and on a journey to constantly find out the truth of who he is. Kyle will be running two-day event on March the 11th and 12th, at Sedona Performing Arts Center for Our Family in the US called Freeing All Children Inside and Out. And this two-day event is a fundraiser for Operation Underground Railroad. Limited tickets available, so don't miss out. Please book now using the links on the show notes. It's now time to tune into this one inspirational human being. Enjoy. Oh, well, well, today I am super, super excited about our guest and I'm sure you will too. We have the most amazing human being, Kyle Sees. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be with you. I am so happy that you are here to share your wealth of wisdom. So the way that we love to start the show, Kyle, we always love to ask our guests, what's your story? So how did you get to where you are today? It's so funny because I I was thinking, I know that that was the first question, right? So I was thinking to myself, I've done a bunch of podcasts where I had told stories of my major breakthroughs and my revelations and these kind of major aha moments that were pivotal. And the more I think about it, like where I am today would at first I was like, God, that would require like 10 of those stories, but then it also requires all of the seconds in between. So unless you have 45 years, it's going to be hard for me to get very specific on how I got here. <laughs> and uh, but I would I would say the, the 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 very quick thing, because I think that what's what's here and what's happening right now is even so much bigger. But I will just say at one point I was a stand up comedian. I had a major comedy central career and toured a lot. I had a revelation that um I think that a lot of us are in a world where we think when something happens, I'll be happy. That's kind of the underlying tone of our thinking. 
right? People watching right now, I'm sure are used to the thinking of when something happens, I'll be happy. When I get the job, when I get out of the relationship, when I'm over this addiction, and then we go into the spiritual world and do the same thing. It's just invisible stuff. When I finally find oneness, when I ascend, when I, you know what I mean? When I find the real me and we keep making happiness over there. And Back in the comedy years, I was able to achieve a lot of the things that I had wanted. And I noticed I wasn't happier. I was more stuck to them and worried that I would lose them and more enslaved to them. Right. So if it was like, when I get this movie, immediately I would be like, what if I do? What if they cut my part? What if the movie's not a hit? What if, you know, and I just kept living in this when something happens, I'll be happy world. And very long story, very shortened, the big revelation that shifted me was to move from that thinking to when I'm happy, things will happen. And by happy, I mean, okay, with all of my feelings. And I have spent since that moment, um, much more energy on working on me on hearing what's here on connecting with myself, than. um, than being in the world of when something happens, I'll be happy. And so I kind of have left my at least attachment to circumstances, even though they're still here, there's circumstances and things happening in my life. This isn't a push it away, go live in a cave thing. Um, But I'm just really much more fascinated by what's going on inside. And I notice that inside of me is an energy that... Uh, that if I listen to what I'm feeling versus what the circumstances are that are triggering it or that I think will make me something and are exciting, uh, the things on the outside sure seem to change dramatically. And so the shift was basically when something happens, I'll be happy to when I'm happy, things will happen. And I would just start to be with me and more fascinated by what my inner child needs seen and whatever on the externals triggering, I would just hear what that is and listen. And then more amazing things started to come into my life. And now I'm in a place where you don't even think in terms of more amazing or less than it's just life. And I'm just here listening to this energy that's in my body and also all of the world, because the more I do this work, the more I believe that all of this is me. And um, I left stand-up comedy in 2010. I started connecting to myself more and listening to what the world is for me that God has for me versus what the highest my ego can see. I believe very much that there's there's three lives you can have that I know of so far. The first one is the life you don't want, like you you know work at a place you don't like or you're in a relationship you don't want. You have this dream life over here. The second one is the life you do want. You get to be that actor or singer or, or have that life you want or make that charity you want, whatever. And then there's the life God wants for you. And that's the one that I'm really fascinated by. That one doesn't give me big picture images of my future. It kind of just tells me next steps in the moment and mainly wants me to release a lot of what I want. And then it seems to have better for me. So I'm really getting better and better at listening to these things that I know in my heart and are these higher callings and shedding the old patterns that live in a way that I think that I should live based on what other people teach or what I learned through conditioning or anything else. And kind of constantly watching as not only do I get a more expansive life and miracles happening, but it seems like the world is mirroring what I'm doing. You know, I have so many shifts in myself and then I'll notice 10 people that day having the same shift or the dialogue with my clients that I work with are the exact thing that I was going through in that moment. So you start to to go, is the world mirroring me? And for anyone watching you, right? Like, is the world mirroring you? And we're in this kind of trick in ourselves that we're just one of 8 billion people kind of just in reaction to the world. And the more I listen to what God has for me, it's almost like it lifts me up out of an old world and then puts me into another world that seems to exist also that's that's a much more inviting or magical or loving world than when I was in resistance to myself in the old world that was angry. And um, I'm following the most I can what the higher me says to do moment to moment. And I never know where it's leading. It's just based on following a feeling. And, uh, you know, one of the things that seems to come with is an, an ongoing 
constant slew of content that seems to be for me yet also can come out to the world too. And so I can pull off doing six day events with nothing planned. Right. And um, it seems there's always more and more that it's trying to say through me. And um, yeah, that's one of the things that following the hire has come with when I left stand-up comedy, I had no idea that there'd be some kind of higher guidance system that's telling me, I, I really believe that it's talking to me, but uh, I, I sometimes say what it's saying out loud. And it turns out to be the most cutting edge content that I could hear, but as a byproduct, the public hears it too. Right. So what I'm usually saying in any given moment at my highest is what I need to learn and live. So usually I'm not saying something that I had discovered from the past. Usually I'm saying something that I'm about to do after I said it. <laughs> so I'm teaching myself what I need to hear from that higher place. And I believe that's available for everybody. That's amazing. And I, um, so are you, so what I'm, I'm hearing is that you're being present and you're not living in that having, because I think we, we quite often think about, I want more money or I want a better relationship or I want a better job, whatever that may be. You're just being in that present moment. So does that mean you, do you have goals? Do you plan or do you just allow whatever unfold, whatever is going to Yes. I, I, I find that when I, I, every once in a while I bring goals in and I find that it's really uh, destructive for me, actually. Um, like when I commit to a giant, I used to in the past uh, have certain goals. Like I, I, what got me into this at one point, one huge shift in my life was when I did commit to going 90 days at the time I was like, I'm going to go raw vegan. And that opened up so many other doors of crazy and magic things. And it wasn't about veganism. It was about me learning that I could change my taste buds, which meant taught me that I could change my habits and my patterns and everything. But that was in 2010 to help me almost elevate myself out of an old world. And now when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this thing for 90 days, or my goal is to hit this weight or whatever else, it might not be what God wants for me. In other words, it's like control. And um, I do have some goals, like just scheduling this call with you. Like I'm committed to that time with you that we met to do this call. And if someone does a one-on-one -on -one with me, I'm committed to that time. Or if I have a live event, I show up. But other than that, it's it's goals are really destructive for me. And as I just said, I'm always teaching myself. This is the first time I've heard myself articulate that, right? This moment. And that is so the truth. When I get caught in, okay, I'm going to weigh this by this date, or I'm going to do this thing. I just think that sometimes goals are a declaration that we create to cover up pain that's under it. A lot of times motivation and goals comes from, I'll show them or that, you know, you'll see there's hurt under it. And instead of us actually being with the hurt and hearing what it says and letting it unfold and eventually dissolve, we kind of numb it with a solution that actually points out that the hurt is right, right? So for instance, if you're bullied in high school and they say you're never going to be anything and you use that to motivate yourself to make a giant business, well, now your business is literally built off of pain of being bullied. And if that pain dissolves, you don't know that the same energy that built the business will stay there. So it might collapse, right? And if there's an energy in my heart that hurts, instead of me saying like, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong, or I'm going to, you know, out of that pain, get really fit versus out of a calling, get fit or out of that, you get what I'm saying? Then there's like, you're just repressing pain with motivation. And there's a real deep pain from trauma in our childhood, from abuse, from abandonment, from the the more unconscious patterns of our parents from a, a more unconscious time. And so I think that goal setting and all that stuff has a purpose in some way, but it also is very, it's, it's, it's just blocking something. And you have this kind of vision of something to look at. So you don't have to hear what's here and imagine the poor inner child inside. That's like, you're not listening to me. You're just fixing me and changing me and burying me so that you don't look bad again. And so you don't get hurt again. And I'd rather us just be okay with looking bad for a while 
or being off or feeling lost or scared. And you can just feel the emotions that come up. And what you don't know is on the other side of all of that, when that all dissolves, there still is an intuition and a calling and a next step. So then you start to build things out of a foundation. It's almost like that's what God wants built versus, you know, what you have to do to prove them wrong. It kind of keeps you in your small third density self. And so goal setting to me, I I certainly think it's growth for some people who've been in a victim mindset their whole life. But for me, um, I find that anytime I declare something now or announce something, I realize a few weeks into it that that's not truly what God wants. It has a much higher thing for me. So it's re- it is listening 24-7 and hearing what's here. And it's I really believe it's trying to birth a new planet through me. I love the way I'm- that you describe that because it's almost like setting a goal is almost creating an obstacle for yourself because you don't know that you could get something better or bigger than your goal, right? right? right. So that's I love the way that you describe that. It's so true. Although that is how I function. And I love the fact that you were saying that I know that in um, once upon a time, I um, it's, it's when I wanted to get into the corporate world. And I remember going to a recruitment agent and he said, don't waste my time. Like, well, who do you think you are? And I remember driving home and I was bawling my eyes out. And there was this voice that said, um, you can show him, you show him, show him that you are better than that. And I did that. So I created, I created a goal based on pain, like exactly what you said, created a yeah. goal on pain. And was I satisfied when I got there? No, but no. I proved it, I proved it to myself that I could do it, but I've never looked at yeah. a goal as limiting. Well, and I actually think that most of our goals stem from not wanting to feel childhood pain. Like think of when you see kids fantasizing about a better world than when they're, you know, being yelled at or whatever. It's like one day when I'm this, I won't be in this house anymore. Like it's like you're, I really believe quite a bit of goals come from pain. But as you just said with that guy, even though there is a, don't hear me wrong, there is a plus that you did create something and that you did show yourself, but isn't still the implication when you created that thing that what he thinks matters even now, like even, even when you achieve the goal, that guy said, I'll be nothing and I'll become something. Now he sees that I'm something. So what he thinks matters. (laughs) Yes. And the driver was pain. That was the drive. That was, that was my driver is the pain that I was experiencing. Do you notice that in this time that that driver doesn't work anymore? Like I noticed that a lot of people are starting projects and then quitting, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people are like, I'm going to build my business and they're three days in, like, what am I doing? That's because there's some, without people realizing what's going on, our consciousness has moved so high in the last three years from 2020 to 2023 now, right? The awakening of the world. I believe that what's going on with the world, and I look at it this way, is that in the old days, we heard think positive, get in the vortex, like be in the higher vibration, all these things. And that's great. But what about what's in our body that hurts? There is there is a fear of abandonment in some people's bodies. There's a ton of guilt in some people's bodies. What if what if God is shining a light on what we perceive as the darkness, but really the unseenness of the world so that it can be seen and dissolve, right? Like what if, what if God's trying to not let you just kind of water ski on top of the ocean of your soul and go into the water and see what's in there. And we as a collective have tried to live in a circumstantial based, just get my, just get enough money for retirement or make the dream happen. And then you never have to look at your crap. And so people are achieving these things and doing these things. And I believe up until 2020, most people had a mediocre enough life to not have to look within. They had a decent enough job or whatever. And then all of our patterns were changed in 2020 when all of a sudden you had to wear a mask, which I'm I'm not a fan of, but I believe in in, a, in some way that's like going to a meditation retreat. Like you're now unable to talk in the store to people in the same way. You're more introverted. People are suddenly in their house. They can't escape in the same, like I can just travel wherever or go to a restaurant or you have to really go within and start to go deeper now. And you can't just kind of dance on top of 
uh, with your circumstances being good enough and your addictions being good enough, you. And so this kind of awakening of trauma that went down our ancestral line that's in our body, um, also the darkness that's in the world, you're starting to learn the government's not who I thought, the media's not who I thought, and, and you stop giving power to authority outside of you. This is like the greatest time. It's just God trying to get the BS that you were covering up out. And I think that a lot of goal setting is a lot of times a way that the motivational world created a a blindness on what was inside. And so us not setting a goal and just being present with ourselves in the now has, I think, more benefits. I think more success can come from that. I think that, but also more importantly, you're not in constant, ongoing, mild suffering your whole life and living a lie, right? You're done living a lie now. I mean, it's like the best time. It is. And I love where this conversation is going because as you're speaking, I'm thinking a goal is external focus. And I always, uh, for me, that during the whole lockdown, obviously um, everyone reacted and responded very differently. Uh, For me, I thought there was a higher calling and I feel that what it did, it slowed people down to go inside. And I think that now you can see a lot more people talking about somatic healing, breath work, trauma work, all of this stuff, because I think that as we are going within, we're bringing more light within and then our shadow, all our, I guess, shadow aspects of self is bubbling us for us to heal it. So I love it. And so when we were setting goals and we were going, I know for me, I was traveling a lot and I was always busy, but setting goals was an external focus. So I've never looked at it that way. Yes, it's uh, isn't that isn't that amazing? Like now we can up the power of self-help from being just set goals and I'll show them and they really missed out on me and boy, am I going to all of these kind of still external things to to really becoming forcibly. I mean, we're only in the now anyway, so why not start to live presently? Like you're, you, when you look in the future, you're still in the now. So you're just in a giant denial and escape from yourself. And, you know, I still got a ton of work to do on it myself, but I'm, I'm getting better and better and really love going on long hikes without any, you know, distractions and hearing what's in here. And then having days where I'm just crying and releasing and suddenly that's permanently gone. And all of a sudden I'm closer to who I truly am. And he seems to be really powerful, more powerful than a me that has all the trauma down there trying to come up with a way to make $10 million or something stupid. Mm, Yeah. And you know, and I think we're never done. I'm 57. I've been doing this work and there's times I used to get really frustrated with myself, you know, like Catherine, you should know this shit. Like, why are you repeating these patterns? But we are walking, talking programs. We are patterns. And it's not till we let go of, and that's that's what you were saying before, it's about it's not about accumulating stuff and creating more goals and more external focus. It's about just being with what is and letting that go. And as we start shedding all those old patterns and those old programs, there is, there is and this is what I, we started talking about uh, before we came on the show, what happens then when you realize you have, and I shared, I've been, I, just, I had came to realization that I've been spiritual bypassing my whole life, that my yeah. whole life has been a lie because massive people pleaser and mm-hmm. people pleasing because of conditioning of societal expectations. Uh, what, what does one do when you get to that point? And I'm sure there's many of us out there where we are practicing. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not Buddha. I'm not in the present moment all the time because I do, uh, I think I fluctuate for sometimes going to my past, bringing my past into my present, and then realizing that if I keep it, I'm going to project this into my future. Right. What do we do when you have this spiritual awakening and you realize you've been bypassing your whole life and then everything around you is false? What do you do? Well, the the first thing I would say is don't get too caught in guilting yourself about whatever you didn't know before that moment. So one thing I see a lot when people have a breakthrough, I'll be working with them and they'll realize something is a lot of people say, why didn't I know this before? 
And it's almost like there's a portal here going, here's a new world. And instead of going in it, we'd rather guilt ourselves about what we didn't see before this moment. That would be like, I have a five-year-old daughter. That would be like when she turns 20, me going, why weren't you 20 before? Like you should have always been 20. And there's a way that we that we expect our spiritual journey to have been quicker or 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 we shouldn't have known that we should have had the breakthrough we're having earlier. And it, and it's really actually our ego's way of not ascending. It's doing everything it can to be like, I can't just accept that. Like the second you just accept, yes, everything before this moment was spiritual by, or a lot before this moment was spiritual bypassing. And that was totally supposed to be right. Then, then you can ascend, right? Because th- that was supposed to be, but I mean, I think it's crazy how much work I'm doing, constantly meditating, going out on hikes. And I have, 25,000 breakthroughs a day. And I'm like, I can't believe tomorrow I'm going to learn a bunch of stuff that I didn't know right now. And that's amazing to me. And and as long as you're still alive, you're going to have more revelations Mm -hmm. and all the way up until we're dead. And then probably a ton more after that. Right. But, but we, we, this idea that there's a linear timeline on that we're done growing and that we're, and that, or that we should have known something before is actually an egoic escape from just receiving the new thing that you now understand and then gently moving into it. Mm. So, but I will say just to, to bring light to what you're saying also, there is a lot of uh, spiritual bypassing that exists. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of speakers. I've been a speaker. I know a lot of people that have they are spiritual and they're very good at changing their name to things and wearing a lot of beads and have holding crystals. And that's great. And they're like, they have, they are so in the light and they know the answer. And they are the same people that when you can feel anything, isn't how their circumstance wants, there's like some rockiness and then an anger that's in denial. And, and, and there's a lot of spiritual bypassing that exists in this world. And the more someone looks like they're the light, the more they're covering up their darkness. And the more people that I just watched that the the shit talking changes from actual shit talking to spiritual shit talking, but it's the same thing. They just now start saying that person has dark energy. That person over there has dark energy. You're still just shit talking, but calling it dark energy and implying you're the light of the world. And (laughs) the truth is we all have darkness that's trying to come to light. And I, I think one thing that's calling to me a lot this year is to let the world know that all the people that seem to have their stuff together spiritually also have a bunch of stuff going on. And that that I just as easily that I put out a video with a solution or a revelation I'm having can also put out a video where I'm feeling totally off and sad and scared. And I think that's important for people to know that the constant spiritual optimism is just blocking regular stuff that's in your body that just wants to be heard. And inside of your body is a little kid that feels unseen and unloved. And I believe that's the spiritual work. It's not just, you know, knowing that it's, it can be this, but it's not only knowing the planets or, you know, anything. It's just, to me, the most spiritual work is the undoing of what was in our body. And, and, and we do that by hearing it and hearing it without distraction. I'm, I'm a huge fan of freedom of speech, but I'm an even bigger fan of freedom to hear. And I, I believe our shift is, you know, cause right now we're a ton of egos just screaming at each other. So with our freedom of speech, we're just yelling at each other and all political sides hate each other. The genders hate each other. <laughs> like everyone's just loud and we're not listening to God anymore. And the the next wave is going to be us going inward. And I believe that one of the reasons you notice it's harder to maintain friendships. It's harder to maintain connections with people. It's harder to get together with people. It's harder to keep your job. Why is that? Because the universe is trying to get you isolated with you so that God can just talk to you and heal what's in here. And you're constant needing to be at every party. And ironically, all the spiritual events, <laughs> which are people getting together, blocking themselves from what's in there. Um, 
you know, the, the more that that's not distracted, the more that's heard and you actually have a true unfolding journey, right? So it is easy to spiritually bypass. And when you realize you're doing it in any moment, don't be hard on yourself, forgive yourself and be excited that it's a new moment. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that there's a real acceptance to what is. And I think it's, it's, um, I was hard on myself because I think for me, I was getting frustrated that, damn, Catherine, how many times do you have to learn this lesson? Right. But it doesn't matter how many times I, when, or there will come a time where I will absorb and, and listen and learn from it and not do it again. But that's but- the spiritual lie right there. Like, damn, Catherine, why didn't you know this? That you were supposed to be somewhere higher because you're a spiritual leader and you, you know, you and do this work, that kind of pressure, we got to take all off of ourselves, right? That because, because you weren't supposed to know it before. Mm. Because you didn't, you know what I mean? So true. Yeah. And so when we go into uh, spiritual bypassing, which I think everyone has their own understanding. So from from my understanding, spiritual bypassing would be that if I'm feeling something, I would repress it and not, not, not actually say exactly what I'm experiencing. I'd be going, it's okay. Everything's all right. Or everything's meant to be happening. Or it's a sign. Actually, I love that video that you did. Um, it was so funny. It's a sign. It's a sign. And I, I remember yeah. watching that going, that is, well, was so much me. But on that, I remember after watching that video, I was like, but sometimes there are signs and you ignore them only to yes. find yourself in that situation that you thought of previously before you got into it to go, why didn't you listen to the signs? I believe the biggest sign is what you desire in your heart. And we, I think we, our problem is we overlook it a lot. And in the spiritual community, one thing that happens is that everything outside of you is a sign, but there's almost this complete numbing of the thing inside. So the calling that's showing up, that also is a sign. It's trying to tell you a next step, right? So for the people watching that don't know the reference, which what Catherine's talking about is a sketch that I did where I'm going to a party, a spiritual party with my family. And my fear is that everyone's spiritual and no one's going to actually have a cognitive conversation with me and no one actually has any of their own intuition. And we go into the party. It's a sketch is called Kyle Cease when everything's a sign. And we go into a party and every person's almost just aimlessly looking around saying everything is a sign, like the doorbell goes off when they were talking. So that's a sign they need to. And I believe that we can arbitrarily make whatever a sign is to fit whatever either we're scared to do that, that it's permission to not do, even if it's a calling, or if it's a sign that like, if I was just like, what should I name my kid? And then this is in front of me. And I'm like, I'll name my kid notebook. You know, I'll name my kid paper. Like now you have no you that has a calling, right? So the sketch is pretty funny because I'm, I'm very, obviously about a spiritual connection, but I think you can easily veer off into making everything a sign to go which with whatever narrative your ego wants. To give you an example, one time I called a woman who was a, a good client and I had an event in her town and I said, I'm just checking if you're coming to this. And she said, well, I was about to and my computer crashed. So I don't know if that's a sign that I shouldn't. And I said, how is me calling you not a sign you should then? Right? Like, And the question I had for her is, what do you want? It's fine if you're not, but you need to own what you want. And we can make everything a sign so much that we leave ourselves. And the biggest sign in the world is like, if I am going, what should I name my daughter? And I drove by a street that the street is called name your daughter, Stephanie Avenue. I'm still going to ask myself if that works. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like, I'm not going to be like, that's a sign I should, if the street could be called Kyle Cease, name your daughter, Stephanie Avenue Drive, whatever. I'm, I'm still going to ask myself. And it's so important to me to express to people that you have a self that's unfolding that has opinions. And that's also a sign, right? So I love that because I just had an epiphany. So you're talking about the signs that you don't look at the signs external of you. The signs are internal. So it's what your intuitive intelligence. So that's what you follow. And then just to answer the question, like when I watched that, the the video I was like, but what, there are times when I've gone through something I'm like, but exactly what I thought has taken place, but that was an internal intuitive intelligence rather than an external signs. 
So thank you for that. Cause you've, well, and, and maybe a, you can definitely use a sign as permission for what's calling your heart. You know what I mean? Like, like I've, I've had that before. Like I've, I've had an idea and then something showed up and supported it. And it, I just joyfully use that as more permission to follow what was here versus going, that's the answer to my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, Oh, that, you know, I believe all of that stuff is just permission slips for you to follow what your truest internal calling is. Mm. Th- this way seems to be the most expansive, rewarding thing. Like if I hear a thing that I know that in my heart I need to do, but I start following 10 external signs that say I shouldn't, I don't I don't believe that I'll find the next step of my truest happiness that way. Um, unless, unless it's doing that to teach me not to follow those signs, but to follow my intuition. So it's, it's still on purpose. But we that's that's a great example of the spiritual world you know kind of veering off into the forgetting that the point is you have your own unfolding that's happening and it and it requires you to listen and sometimes you don't know what to do so you just keep listening but the more you do that the more magic stuff tr- magic i believe the signs on the this is what i actually believe the signs on the external are a mirror of what you did on the internal Right. So instead of it being permission to move you forward, it's the natural next step to the leap that you made because of what you felt versus it's a permission slip. It's like you will find miracles when you create space for them. That's just how it works. It's normal. Right. So you'll see that because you've been moving up in frequency and opening your awareness. You're also seeing much more of what's possible than what's wrong. And so you just, you're looking differently, you know, and you just see everything as magic. I love that. And I, I'm a true believer of that. Like I'm always, cause we're constantly projecting every second of our day. So if you want to know what's going on inside of you, just check your environment. What's your world like external. And I use that as a, as a way to mirror what I'm experiencing internally i look at my environment if i'm not happy with my environment then i know i'm projecting that into my environment and so then i go within and then try to assess where's this coming from and a lot of the time it's through pain trauma whatever we try to avoid really facing into yes Mm. Yes. I'm, I believe that every trigger you have about something going on outside, I mean, obviously, if you need to save your life, if you're with a person that's abusing you or whatever, you need to get out of it. But other than that, I just mean like when you have an energetic trigger about anything, it's trying to show you something from before that. It's never the thing now. And when we focus on the thing versus what we feel, right, let's say someone's talking crap about you, right? Let's say that whatever, and you're triggered, right? Well, not everyone would be, not everyone would be triggered the same way. So the more that happens, the more you start to get the factor isn't this thing outside. It's, it's what I'm feeling inside. And, you know, I worked with a client yesterday who was in a thing where a business was, she was had a the business was helping her with a move a car, but they were treating her in this way that she just felt totally shut off and invisible. And it turns out after doing the work that her, they felt exactly like her dad, right? So the universe was trying to get her to, in my eyes, be there for the girl that feels unseen with the dad. Right. And this was an amazing moment. I said to her, you know, what do you feel would be the best thing? Cause she was trying to figure out if she should just pay them off and not deal with it, or if she should fight for principle and what's right. And and I said, okay, so what then we're doing is if we fight for principle, I'm a total fan of whatever you want to do. But if you fight for principle, what if it's just you winning against your dad? And if I ask your soul what it wants, does it want to win against these people? Or does, and she goes, it wants freedom. And you start to realize if she follows the the freedom, whether she doesn't pay them or does, but in my eyes, it wasn't that much. You could just pay it and then leave it and not need to win against narcissistic energy, but leave narcissistic energy. She now is taking herself out of her childhood and she's now God's kid and not a, a narcissistic father's kid, right? So the, I believe that business showed up perfectly for her so that she could look at the wounds inside of herself, right? Mm. And and she could hear inside of herself what what hurts, and be there for that girl. 
And I, I believe very much that um, things outside of us are triggering us to get us to look at what's unseen in our body. That's why relationships do such work on us. I know, you know? right? Boy, yeah. and that's shadow work right there, what you're speaking about. I mean, absolutely, when we get triggered. And it's 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 one of those things that I'm 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 still working through in relationship. It's like I got to a point last year, it's like, I don't want these roles anymore. I don't want to be a wife. I don't want to be a mother. I just I just want to be me and then start fresh from that because there's so many expectations on us to be yes. a business owner or um, you know, and so for me, it's like we're still practicing a letting go of that without the guilt because guilt is a default position. And I remember a guest once we had on the show, she said to me, what are you guilty for? You haven't done anything wrong. And I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't. But it is one of those things. It's really, really tough to let go of the roles that we play. What are your thoughts around the roles that we play in life? Well, on the guilt thing and shame thing, one thing that I realized a, a reason that we have shame and guilt is then we don't have to own that something's over. Let me give you an example. If a person, let's say, goes through a breakup, if they keep blaming themselves for the breakup and going, it was my fault, it was my fault, then they don't have to just own that they're now in a new world where the breakup, where the relationship doesn't exist that way anymore. And so a way to kind of almost feel like you're keeping the weight of the relationship the same way there is to shame yourself and guilt. If we didn't have guilt, we would really be experiencing the world the way it was. But our ego goes, I want to experience the world the way I knew it. So I I need to keep guilt going and shame going. And, and otherwise I'm not my, you know, uh, in my childhood, if my mom made me feel guilty, then like, I don't know who I am without guilt. And then all of a sudden, I'm not just my mom's kid. I'm I'm the unfolding of the now. And the guilt is going, I need you to keep yourself addicted to the old story of survival from your unconscious parents that did what they did. And and you and and I need to keep you shamed into the ground so that you don't actually unfold. And and it's truly death of the egoic story to release guilt. And you you really release guilt, I find, by by making decisions that are the higher you. In other words, the guilty you feels you don't deserve stuff. So if you move to the higher you that you feel you deserve, then the guilt part of you isn't running the show anymore. So it'll start to get louder, right? So when you receive something that you truly in your soul know you need to deserve, you deserve to have, but the whole world you think is going to guilt you because it's the old way, right? When you move into that higher thing, you're now showing the guilt me doesn't run me anymore. And so then you're in a higher space with much more capacity to hear the energy that feels guilty from a new energy versus being the guilty. Then it dissolves, right? So when you are hearing a higher you, you're almost literally moving into a you that's bigger, that has a much bigger capacity to hear. See, if you do something based on the guilt saying do it, meaning like if you If you are like, let's say you're in a relationship you don't want and you want to leave it, but the guilt kicks in and you're like, I'll disappoint that person. I'll be abandoning that person, whatever. If you cater to that and you go back in, then the guilt is running your life, right? If you, if you never ever, if you have a highest calling to do something and you feel to do it though, you're going to have to feel through regret and you're going to have to feel through guilt. That's all the more reason to do it. Because you will dissolve the guilt and the regret as you move into a higher space because you're moving onto a plane where guilt doesn't exist anymore. Does this make sense? A hundred percent. I'm having a moment right now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because if you if you cater to the guilt, if you're like about to do something and then it goes, we'll disappoint that person. We We won't, we, you know, they'll be mad at us, whatever. Then you cater to it. You're actually enslaving yourself to this. You're saying, okay, that's the truth. So now you're in between this kind of horrible place where don't feel through guilt, feel through guilt so you can heal it, right? Like feel through regret so you can heal it. But you got to move to a plane that that is that is a decision that the true self would make, not what your mom shamed you into the ground about or what your what your dad said you could never do. You know, you have to hear what you want to do. And this is one of the greatest reasons why following your truest self is so important because it'll also transcend the guilt self. 
Yeah. How do you know though the difference between, so when you are actually, because you were saying that you you're, you practice daily listening and that you can like for hours, you will go for a walk or you just listen. How do you know the, the difference between the voice of the soul and the ego? Yes. So for me, the question is, do I feel like it would expand me? Not, not will it get me more like, you know, one time we had someone offer us a gig that was so much money, but I could feel the frequency of them. And it didn't like, there was, if you've ever like hoped someone cancels, like if you've ever had plans with someone, you hope that they cancel. Right. I noticed that when they were offering this big money thing, I was, I was asking myself, do I hope that this falls through and they don't want me? If that's the case, I have to honor that. That's my highest saying cancel. Right. So if you've ever had plans with someone, then you hope that they cancel. That's that's your highest you saying cancel, right? And um, so to answer your question, the question that I'm asking myself is, does it feel expansive or does it feel like it's contracting? Does it feel like it would take me to a new world that feels freer or does it feel like it's a kind of the best of the should do world? Right. Like, you know, I should like, you know, if you had parents that taught you, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer, but you have some kind of creative you that's really dying to do something artistic or amazing or create some business that has nothing to do with what they said. You got to start to follow this you. Otherwise, you're going to be the best of what they wanted. And then you just kind of achieve within the realm of what your parents who you learned and, you know, from in conditioning what they want. And there's a, there's a you that's the direct you that source was creating. Right. And so for me, it's always, do I feel expanded or contracted? It, it, does it feel like it would expand my heart? Right. And it, it used to be circumstantially expansing, expansive. Like in other words, I used to do theaters that were 1400 seats. One day I had a calling to do a theater that was 3,400 seats where they do the Oscars, the Dolby theater that felt expansive. And I said, yes. And right when I put the deposit down, all of a sudden I was, went from being a person that wanted to do it to a person that does it. And all of a sudden my frequency was different and we totally filled that theater. Right. Instantly, by the way, we filled it faster than the 1400 seat, right? But now my expansion is much more things that you wouldn't measure as successful in, in the world in the same way. It, it's like, to me, expansive is being willing to take a nap when the world is telling me I should do something. Expansive is just drinking water. Expansive is it's so expansive for me to go on a hike or go on long walks or say no, like a lot of saying no right now is very expansive. And life is trying to get me to a place where I'm just okay with every ounce of myself out of anything, out of a party, out of a relationship, out of anything. And so that feels expansive. So even if someone came in with an eight figure offer, I would have to go through the, you know, conditioning of my dad as an entrepreneur would take it, but my soul would say no you know, unless it's something that would expand me to do, right? Or it's something I could do to donate it or whatever. But like, you really start to learn how to prove to the universe that your connection to it is more important than anything else. And then it, it never stops rewarding you. You know, when you have what you know, you need to do, but you say no to go to a kind of more mediocre thing, or even what seems in society like an amazing thing. If it's not your soul's calling, you're now disconnecting yourself from your soul to have the thing. But to me, I'm more and more about how much can I connect to myself, to my soul. And it's not just listening many times a day. It's every second. Everything is a spiritual thing. It's constantly in dialogue with God about what it wants. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong and then it veers me to even better, you know, but it's every second. It's a, it's, and I don't mean it like an obsessive thing. It's just like having a partner that really knows everything and has a full GPS for you and just listening to it and co-creating with it and watching as always miracles happen. That's you know? amazing. Can I ask, and it might be a personal question, uh, so you don't have to answer it, but as you are expanding and expanding and expanding, are you noticing people drop away? You, yes. you, you, and do you, cause it's almost like what I'm experiencing, it's starting to become, and it's not lonely. I actually enjoying the space, 
But have you noticed that people are just and things are just dropping away? Yes. Yes. Because first of all, there's so many different ways to see this. But the more you connect to your truth, the more people that aren't wanting to be at that same frequency are going to have to get away because you're shining a light on a level that they don't want to look at in themselves. Usually that's why also for a lot of people that do this kind of work, they, you might notice, I mean, this has happened to me, that when people break away, they often grab each other. Like they often clam onto each other almost in their dislike for you. You know, I know people that are the the person in the family that's following that. And then like they notice that they might have their mom and their sister now are all clumped together thinking you're just some weird light person and you whatever. And so like that's because they can't just kind of be in themselves because then they have to look at themselves more. So they got to almost addiction with each other to clump to each other in that while you're kind of still working on you. In every moment, you have a have a choice between connecting to other people's egos to keep your ego alive or connecting to source to watch the ego dissolve as you keep connecting to a higher and higher version of yourself. So it would have to be completely normal for a lot of people in your life to disappear. And the more I do this work, the more I feel like there. it's like everything can do that. Like it's just constant. And it's fine. You, you You're like... It's fine, you know, that's so much conditioning that makes you really think that you have to, you know, every movie makes you think that love is being in a relationship only and that love is not also being alone. And everything that you hear in love songs is not love, it's attachment. And, you know, we call it love. So it screws with our mind, but relationships that are like, you're the one and don't ever leave me. And you get mad if they are with someone else or whatever, that's control. That's an old density relationship. And, and you call it love. So it really scrambles your mind because you're saying the wrong word. As Maya Angelou says, love liberates. And the more I do this work, the more I go, okay, there are people that leave my life. And then also, more unconditionally loving people show up in my life almost as the exact match of what I was doing. So you suddenly have people that will shine a light on you that's even higher than you could see yourself or will help you move up faster. And when you let go of someone, I'll never forget my friend Diego saying this, and I've said it many times, is that when you let go of something, the only reason you're sad is your mind can measure what you will lose. It cannot see what you'll gain. So as you go up, you're almost moving into a new world where people that are not interested in your soul or are wanting you to be what they want you to be or not wanting to look at their shit have to fall off. Otherwise, you're just holding up them, right? So that's just a total part of it. And and it's fine. And you start to really go, my, my connection's to source. And then you have a few people in your life that seem to want to be in the same unfolding as you. And you realize you only have 24 hours a day. So you'd rather have two or three amazing friends than 500 mediocres, right? And that's that's all you need. Like you, you don't even need that. You can have one friend. You can have none. You can make it with no friends. I know that everyone says we're wired for connection, but you can also have connection be to source. And as you do that, you don't need to isolate yourself from anyone. You just keep your heart wide open. You'll be shocked at how amazing the people are that are the match to what you just created in yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Gosh, you when you were speaking about the the the, the loss and then the 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 I guess the connection of the people that have left you that I've experienced that but you know I think it's also I love the fact that you talk about the yes we're wide connection but it doesn't have to be external connection it can be internal connection if I if I look at some of the uh some of the people that I know that follow their path and do all the inner work they don't have a lot of people around them at all they don't have a lot of friends at all and they actually like that they like yeah. the fact that, but they're open to it. They have acquaintances, but no, they don't have, um, there's this, I guess some people, and including myself, you know, when you first meet someone, you think the sun is shining out of their crown chakra, they can do no wrong. And then all of a sudden we get into this habit of being in a relationship. And then we have these expectations of people to be a certain way. And when that doesn't work out, you go to yourself, oh my God. I'm broken, but it's, it's, and I think I heard you say it once in, in, um, that it's not, nobody can break your heart, 
but they can break your expectation. Is that right? Yes. No one can break your heart. That's a, that I, I have a really big thing about the false language that we use on things. And when we say they broke my heart, we feel much more like a victim than if we say what actually happened. They broke my expectations. For instance, you're in a relationship with someone for five years and then they just leave you. Well, instead of focusing on the amazing five years you just had and appreciating it, you're now suddenly mad at this person who was this supposed love of your life because you think they owe you more. That's expectations. They broke your expectations, which you need to get closer to your heart. So no one breaks your heart. They break your expectations. And by breaking your expectations, they get you closer to your heart because your expectation was blocking it. You had all these plans with this person and you had the, and then they were with someone else. Oh my God. And now your, your expectations are broken. And all of a sudden you get to meet you and you realize I'm okay without them right? I'm okay, right? And and this old conditioned third density world that just says like, grab anyone and get married. <laughs> like, you know, I always think about how like, you know, when we hear stories of our great grandparents, our grandparents, they were, a lot of people have those, those relationships lasted like 70 years. You know what I'm talking about? You hear these yes. stories, whatever. But then you'll also hear all these other stories of like horrible stuff, like grandpa was a major alcoholic, abusive, all these things. And grandma never let me talk and whatever. And you start to realize that they chose that relationship over themselves. If you ask those people any real emotions they're feeling, they usually don't say anything. Right. And then that's fine. I'm not even judging that. But like we're moving out of burying ourselves to have our circumstances, how our egos want them. And that's why relationships are collapsing more and more frequently, because in many relationships, not all, you usually have to bury yourself to keep it together. And I am not a fan of that. I am like, be willing to lose everything in order to meet your soul. And then I see what that your soul, right? Yeah. And, and I guess when the way I used to say is that somebody cracked my heart open. So yes. I got to expand, not, not as in. Uh, contract but expand i think the language of they broke my heart is more abusive to yourself than what the person did to you because you're calling it your heart and you're wrong Mm. if you understood that every dark moment is expansion every dark every hard thing is expansion everything right then you start to open your heart to what what in me is no longer useful is trying to die. What what out of me is trying to leave me so I can make room for what I really am, right? People really wire themselves to think that this is death and then they fight to keep an old story alive. And you're wrong. That old story can die and you're going to get closer and closer to what you truly are, right? Yeah. So, so, so true. what's more abusive that that person left you? Or that you call it broke your heart to on yourself. Oh. Well, it's the meaning we give it, right? And then, of course, and then we can do stories with the meaning that we have given any situation. Now, I am conscious of your time, and I did want to, before we wrap up, one very interesting uh, uh, concept that we talked about was vulnerability before we came on the show. Did you want to share just a little bit about that before we go? Because I thought that was so powerful what you were saying. And it's, well, it's, it's such yeah. a powerful word. One of the things we were talking about before we started recording is, you know, and that I that I would couple this with the language thing I was talking about. When you call attachment love, when you call it breaking your heart, it's your expectations. Another one is be strong. When people tell someone to be strong, we all can picture what I'm saying right there. Usually in the old density world, be strong means hold it in, toughen up, do not have feelings, do not express. To me, that's not strong. That's That's scared. That's 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 in denial of scared. That's just an old you trying to stay alive. And to me, that's fine. And out of our awareness, we need to change it. And congrats on being able to do it. But it's not strong. Strong is letting the you that's really here birth. So your vulnerability to me is much stronger. You opening a world that's never existed is much stronger. You saying what you feel for real, you hearing what you feel and moving accordingly is so much stronger than you getting tough and moving in, whatever. Sometimes I will release a video of me crying, right? And, And I'll have this moment where I'm a little scared to do it. 
And then I'll, I know what'll happen. I know there'll be a bunch of people that support it. And then there'll be some people really angry on one side and then a bunch of people angry on the other, like, you know, cause I kind of go right up the middle so I can trigger both sides politically. I can trigger all kinds of different people. And, and sometimes I'll hear a guy say something like be strong, man, or, or, you know, don't be a weak man. And I'm like, I know that me being authentic is triggering in this guy, what he doesn't want to look at. Right. And so to me, there's a level that we see in that, oh, that guy is so strong or whatever. It's not there. That's just repressing. And there's going to be a time where that needs to fall apart. And to me, just literally letting what you are be seen by you or someone else is so much stronger. So to me, strong is vulnerable. To me, strong is not knowing, you know, being able to say, I don't know is really strong. And, and being lost for a while is really strong. Like losing old attachments is really strong. That to me is way stronger. So if we, if we can put the right words where they fit, like strong means vulnerable versus repressing, um, you're going to, we're going to have a free world. I love it. And that's part of our conditioning. Men don't cry. So of course there's, there's, you're going to get people uh, that will react to it. Uh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, so as we wrap up the show, which I could keep you on the show forever because I just love listening to you talk. You're awesome. Um, we always love to leave three shiny gold nuggets for our tribe. So what would be like three tips or golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our tribe today? Sure. Well, this is a question we ask on our Absolutely Everything Pass, but it's a it's a question that I'm living by a lot, which is really big, which is, here's a question. If everything were okay, what would you do? It's a great question to write down. If all ways were okay, what would you do? In other words, people say something like, I'd love to leave this job. And then they say something like, but then I'd have no money. Okay. If that were okay, what would you do? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I want to say yes to this relationship, but I might disappoint my mother. If it were okay, if you disappointed your mother, what would you do? It's us learning how to follow our highest, regardless of the circumstances. And what you'll learn is the circumstances will change. So the first nugget is ask yourself that question. If all ways work, what will you do? Right? That was a big one. Um, The second one is um, your start from a place that you're always enough now, right? In other words, um, understand that it's easy to make a lot of decisions from the false belief that you're not whole. So for instance, fixing something, creating motivation, whatever, start from that you're enough now. And that would lead me to three, which is whatever pattern shows up when you feel like you're enough now that feels unseen, right? If you go, I'm enough now, but that's a trigger to the, I feel unwanted trigger. I'm not enough trigger. uh, No one loves me trigger. Then your job after that is to tell it it's allowed to be that. In other words, in an old world, we used to feel unworthy and then figure out how to become worthy. In the new world, when we feel unworthy, we get present and we say to the energy, you're allowed to feel unworthy in my body. This is you becoming a space of love to the thing that associates death to that thing and telling it, I'm with you even if you're unworthy. This to me is the end end of our suffering, right? If I start to say to the pattern in my body that feels scared of being a failure, you're allowed to fail in my body, it learns that it's loved. And then that charge goes away and then you start to move even freer, right? So, so bringing to these energies that they are enough as is will, and, and that if they feel lost, that that's okay, that you're allowed to feel lost in my body. You're allowed to not get this in my body. You're allowed to feel abused in my body. You're allowed to feel abandoned in my body. You're allowed to feel angry, whatever it is, then these things will be healed because they just need you to see them, not the public right? Yeah. The public can, but once you see it, it's freeing. I, I think that you, you need to lose yourself to find yourself. And I love what you you described with the, it's the practice with the non-resistance is whatever comes up, just experience it, allow it to flow through you rather to att- attach yourself or hang on to it and yeah. then get hooked into the stories of why you are experiencing what you're experiencing. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love everything. I appreciate you and I love everything that you do. And I know that our tribe will too. We'll have everything on your website, YouTube channel. Where is the best place? Where do you hang out the most? 
YouTube? Our best thing is, um, well, there's a ton of stuff on YouTube, but our best thing is we have a site that is, is truly the greatest thing I've ever created other than my daughter. So she's first of it. And by I created her, I did much less work than her mom, but, um, we have the absolutely everything pass and it's called that because literally there is everything on it. Let me give you an example. So this site is like Sunday, I do a talk and then a guided meditation on Monday. We have a group and Tuesday, we have a group that go into a thing called it's totally possible where you're put into different rooms with people and you riff all the things that are possible with them. And you come out of it feeling so free Wednesday, I do a Q&A with the public and answer questions. And then one of the next few days, I do um, a hot seat where I bring someone on. So you get to do one-on-ones with me. I bring someone on and shift them in front of the public, right? And all of our past content, all of our past courses, everything, a thousand hours of past footage is on the Absolutely Everything Pass. And it's $79 a month, but I'm doing a thing right now. I'll actually, this sounds like salesy, but I really will just do this for you. Uh, if anyone watching wants to do a year of it, it's $2.99. So if you go to the year where it says $7.99, just put the secret code water in and you can get a year and it'll pay for itself. Oh, there's a ton of stuff on money. There's a stuff on vibration, but these people are an incredible community and they are shifting dramatically. And um, it's amazing. So I'm very excited about it. And you got to check out the Absolutely Everything Pass. It's at absolutelyeverything.tv. We'll have that in the show notes. And I mean, also, we didn't talk about your books. And I think we'll have to have you come back on the show because there's also about the money, the way that you speak about money is awesome. Um, But look, Kyle, I can't thank you enough for your time, your energy and sharing your wealth of wisdom. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You were awesome too. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste. Namaste.